stuff doing good man um yeah just been chipping away chipping chipping away feels like this has been a super productive week not gonna lie yeah i mean it's uh we have a lot to talk about like many many potential topics to hit on between a, a stability mechanism from left field that worked perfectly um all the way to an update on Dowdow out cross deployments, um, interest rates, other grants. Like it's it's been it's brutal out there. We, you know, I think I think we've said that pretty much every time we've had a Twitter space in the last like four months. But I promise you that we we continue to be incredibly optimistic about the progress that's being made. Yeah, I mean, we're just like working kind of on the the bleeding edge of tech kind of makes everything we do seem, uh, you know, crazy. Seems uh, kind of wild that we're able to do some of what we're able to do. We also have Patrick here too. It'd be cool before we even kick anything off to get him up here briefly and have him run through some of the um, secret network. There's been like a million secret network events in the last like month. So maybe we bring Patrick up, give us the general secret network update, and then maybe we... uh kick off the rest of our Twitter space if Patrick's down because I'm curious. Yeah, I'm definitely curious too. I know uh, Secret Network was out in full force at uh, is it ETH Rome, I believe? There he is. Patrick, how are we doing? Here's on Twitter desktop. I didn't even know that was possible. I know, dude. I found out, I found this out like two weeks ago. And uh, someone just corrected me because I said I hated doing it on my phone. It's like, oh, this is very nice. Been waiting for I that for two years. Normal, normal, I normal straight up mode. bought an Apple phone for Twitter Spaces. I'm not gonna lie. I had an Android. I was a happy Android user, but I was like, I, I have to be able to be on Twitter Spaces. So now that there's desktop, I kind of, I kind of regret buying that Apple phone. Man, should have stuck with the Android. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I I hadn't I was just dropping in, wasn't prepared for anything, but I could do that. Um, an update on like recent stuff that's been going on, stuff that's coming up. Um, yeah, sure. Um, on events specifically, you said events, so like in person events. Was that what you were thinking, or just general? Yeah, in, in person events and any other like DAP stuff. That's so, right. out. Okay, so in person events. Um, Basically, had we had a bunch this past two weeks. We had ETH Rome. We had a hackathon there. Uh, had I believe five different project, five different teams submit secret hackathon projects. 
I'm still waiting. I wasn't on the ground for that, so I'm not really aware of what they built. Um, I'm looking forward to getting in touch with them and seeing if they want to continue building out their hackathon projects into something live on mainnet. That would be really cool. Or if not, just to get them into the secret dev community and have some more builders on here. That would be awesome. Um, we also had Cosmoverse, of course. That was huge. Everybody in the Cosmos ecosystem was there. We had several people from Secret Labs there uh, just walking around networking. We didn't sponsor a booth, but I know they had some good conversations. And um, we'll see what comes of that. Um, there's probably some stuff in the works. Um, get it. I'm trying to think of like what I can say that hasn't already been said before and what I've got to be careful about. In the next couple of weeks, We've we've already said this several times. There's going to be a new core development roadmap roadmap for Secret Network coming out by the end of this month. Um, so I think right now it's probably going to be like right at the end of October. So that's that's the target. So maybe like a Halloween treat is going to be the new core development roadmap from Secret Labs. And probably around that time, we will also be kicking really kicking off our. Secret Ethereum marketing campaign, which is something that we're working with the Shade team on. Um, the idea being really bridging the gap between the Secret and Ethereum ecosystems and EVM chains in general on multiple levels, um, at the development level and at the user experience level as well. Do things like MetaMask integrations, uh, developer tooling, and the reason we're waiting until the end of this month to kick off this marketing campaign is because this new core development roadmap is really going to focus on that and going to shine some some new light on exactly what Secret Labs is planning on the development side. So there's going to be a lot of cool information there. That should be exciting. Um, trying to think if there's any other like small integration things. Next week, I believe, we'll be in. Nolis will be integrating a secret on their um, DeFi lease application. So secret will be able to be leased on there. And oh yeah, we put out a kind of a teaser announcement about the recent composable integration. Um, composable is doing all kinds of stuff, but this particular announcement was about dot sama, which is like the Polkadot ecosystem, Polkadot and Kusama. There's a few assets from that ecosystem that are now available on Secret via the composable IBC bridge, which is connecting the, um, the Polkadot and the Cosmos ecosystem, basically. So you can now bridge over DOT, ASM, which is the Kusama native token, and Ika, which is um, it's a chain that Composable actually runs themselves on the, the Polkadot side. So all those can now be bridged to secret. At the moment, there's nothing you can really do with them on secret, but I believe you guys will be helping with that in a little while. There should be some, some pools for those assets, I think, probably on our side. And then maybe on the Polkadot side, we'll have some pools of secret and shade and maybe have some incentives or something. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty good summary of what's been happening in the past few weeks. Yeah, it's a great update. I'm excited to hear specifically like the hackathon, you know, to hear that there's folks that are actually 
building out those proof of concept use cases on secret. That's always, I think that's just like so important. And yeah, hopefully we can get them included into the secret network dev chat, get them into the, the builder builder community. Also very excited about Polkadot. Um, we've been waiting for ledger support before we officially kind of like support a lot of those assets. And also I think there's some bridge stability stuff that we're still kind of pending a little bit, but once those things get cleared up, We'll definitely get some some basic pools spun up on on ShadeSwap and on the secret Ethereum side, we were waiting for some API um, changes on Axelar's end to be able to improve the user story of bridging into secret and bridging out of secret, and they were able to update it. So now we're no longer roadblocked by Axelar, which is huge. So like we're we're good to go on that front in terms of bridging in and out. That's been thoroughly tested and it's, it actually looks beautiful. Um, so the only thing left for us before we're ready to kick off kind of the secret Ethereum DeFi campaign is auto seeding, where when you bridge in, you'll automatically have secret waiting for you uh, on this other side. That feature should take not too long to build out. And then we should be, we should be set to get that party started. Yeah, it's going to be uh, the yeah. We'll we'll kind of get into some of the details of this, but I do want to just reset the room right now, just because I know we had a few other people join, and just want to thank everyone for joining the space. We always love being able to talk with the community um, as much as possible. It's always great to give some of these updates in a bit longer form fashion. Um, so I do want to just quickly cover what we're going to be talking about today, and then we'll dive straight into uh, the topics of discussion. Um, so we want to give some um, updates on some of the recent dApp development, um, already built dApp development. We want to touch on some of the upcoming strategic initiatives that we're going to be doing, including the, the ETH campaign that uh, Patrick and Carter had mentioned. Um, and then going to touch on uh, some some grant progress because we've actually got quite a bit of development now in full swing through our grants program. So. Um, think it makes most sense to we can start by giving some recent dApp updates um i think the the biggest ones that we can give are related to shade land and the um the api and our backend services um with shade land the biggest dApp updates um to give are one that interest rates were introduced for stablecoin vaults and the stk atom vault um we're primarily focused on having those interest rates attached to the stablecoin vaults, uh, but the STK Atom vault um, is a is kind of thinking of it more as like an experimental vault, so to say, like seeing how borrowers react to uh, some of these interest rates tied to uh, borrowing against volatile assets. Um, but outside of that, the, the other biggest update is related to a previously unused stability mechanism that the, uh, that the Shade protocol um, or the DAO uh, used to help defend the the price of silk, um, and this is called collateral redemptions. So I'll give a quick summary on redemptions, and Carter, if you want, we can go into a little bit more of this. Um, but there's a whole bunch of information on our forums. If you go to forum.shadeprotocol.io, uh, we've got a few different forum posts relating to this. Um, they're going to be the most recent ones. Uh, it's called Silk Stability Restoration for Underpeg Scenarios. Um, and then we've got uh, collateral redemption rollout plan. And then there's also another one included uh, 
rat bitcoin collateral redemption postmortem um so any if you guys want any further details relating to redemptions definitely suggest you check those out and also check out uh, the protocol docs that gives you some more details but the tldr is uh the redemption stability mechanism allows for the purchasing of silk on the market and then the subsequent redemption for the collateral of choice uh for the redemptions that were uh uh, permissioned or performed in a permissioned uh, fashion. The the only collateral that was redeemed was USDC. Uh, redemptions repay a pro rata share of the vault's debt and return a pro rata share of the vault's collateral to the redeemer. Um, so for redemptions, the price of silk is determined by the peg uh, of silk, not the market price. So that means that if the market price is below that of the peg, then it's profitable uh, to purchase that. Uh, silk under peg price and redeem it and then sell that collateral for profit. So you end up back in your silk position. Um, and it is not profitable to redeem collateral whenever silk's market price is at or above its peg because of the associated redemption fees. Um, half of that redemption fee is awarded to borrowers uh, pro rata, meaning that redemptions will always be profitable for borrowers. Um, and in particular, Borrowers in the stablecoin vaults um, don't really have to worry about the change in, uh, like the the change in the the prices of their underlying asset, their stable asset. So, doing this against uh, volatile asset vaults introduces some interesting quirks to like how uh, how this stuff works. So, the the protocol is primarily um, focused on permission redemptions against. Um, these stablecoin vaults, but if you if you read into some of these forum uh, posts, you'll you'll realize that the the redemptions are a mechanism that are most likely going to be rarely used. They're only profitable, and it it only makes sense to use this stability mechanism whenever silk is under peg. Um, and as we actually saw uh, post uh, redemption, the market. Like market participants were able to take uh, Silk's peg all the way, or Silk's market price all the way back up to peg. So, um, you know, the the protocol in a permission fashion doesn't need to necessarily defend the pr market price of Silk all the way up to the peg. Um, market participants definitely play a role in in facilitating the rest of that um, recovery. Um, so I'll stop here, Carter. If there's anything you want to mention, or if anyone has a question about this, I'm happy to bring them up and answer a question before we uh, before we shift into a different DApp update. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just kind of frame the problem. Uh, Silk on this last Saturday was 10% under peg, and it's a really interesting situation because. In terms of over collateralization, Silk was still north of 180% collateralized. So it was like 195, I think. Yeah, like 195. So, so it's not it's not a solvency problem. It's a um, the incentives to bring Silk back to peg uh, are are really interesting to examine. So I'll give like a simple user story to, to describe this. Imagine I deposit 100 USDC and I mint out 80 Silk. Right, I owe the contract 80 silk to be able to unlock all of my collateral. Now, if I go ahead and sell my silk for for USDC, and then the price of silk goes down, I essentially have an opportunity 
to with that um, with that USDC go and buy back the silk at a discount, right? So that that's like the whole incentive to bring silk back to peg is that the people borrow against their collateral and there's this opportunity and it's supposed to be like a race condition, right? Like if there's like 20 vault holders, silk's five cents under peg, the first person to kind of act on it is going to be the one that realizes the discount and they can they can pay off their their loan and it's it's a it's a strong kind of it's 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 really just a good trade. It's a good trade in relation to debt. And so kind of the problem we're encountering with silk is that none of the vaults were really making a move on buying back discounted silk. And if you think about this from like a whale perspective, the game theory gets interesting. If if silk went to zero, those vault holders hypothetically would be very happy because they can buy back debt at you know an 80 90% discount instead of a 5% discount. So it, it it's weird like the vault holders if they all kind of collectively collude together, they don't really necessarily care about silk being at peg, which is which is very odd. We we kind of saw it play out. Um but market participants are are really interesting because when people know that there's a mechanism that can step in leverage the collateral in the vaults to bring silk back to peg suddenly that race condition the urgency about buying the silk back at a discount becomes much more real right because now that five ten percent discount that's going to disappear uh because the protocol has these this redemption mechanism so like i'm going to step in now as a market participant because if i don't the protocol will um so yeah, just to frame that, essentially framing the problem is vault holders incentives are different than like a silk holders. They they are incentivized to bring it back to peg, but they don't necessarily have the urgency to bring it back to peg. And so redemptions were a mechanism that was built in from the very beginning for this exact scenario. And it, and it worked perfectly. It worked beautifully. And so to describe the protocol story, essentially, it takes, um, it essentially buys 100 silk worth, let's say, 90 cents. It goes to the USDC vault, turns in that 100 silk, and the smart contract is going to value that silk at the target peg of, let's say, a dollar and two cents instead of the 90 cents. And in return, the protocol then takes USDC from that vault when it turns in, it turns in the silk to pay off um, the borrower's debt. It then takes that USDC, which um, has very strong purchasing power compared to the market price of silk. And then it performs a loop where, where it sells the USDC for silk, turns the silk back into the USDC vault, and essentially loops it. It loops, loops through the vault until silk is back at target peg. So a super strong mechanism that essentially democratizes um, kind of all the vault holders to ensure that silk stays at peg to ensure the stability there. It's not a mechanism that you want to be activated all the time. But once the market was aware of the mechanism, what happened was the vault holders immediately bought silk back at a discount because they knew that the protocol was slowly performing these redemptions. It was kind of like, um, and, be, and because like, you know, compare this to something like the Terra moment, protocol couldn't step in and perform something like redemptions because if you looked at the balance sheet, there's way more liabilities than assets to, to resolve the problem versus in, in Silk's case, when you have 190% asset to liability collateralization, when this type of mechanism steps in, 
it's 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 safe and the market understands like oh like this is kind of like an inevitable force it's it's a it's a it's a strong balance sheet uh that's that's stepping into to make sure that silk maintains its peg so anyways i'll pause there Red, if you want to make any corrections that was a bit of a rant but hopefully that helps frame the problem and frame the mechanism yeah no that was great and i think uh you know tldr for most people um i mean because if you look at the number of silk holders, most of those people bought silk and, and did not borrow it, right? So this underpeg scenario creates a situation where the majority of your silk holders are, you know, in a, in a painful position, right? Because they bought in, let's say, closer to peg or maybe even above peg, and now they're below peg. And to, to exit that position, they're going to take a loss, right? But from the borrower's position, it's like, we don't really care how low the silk goes. So I like, um, I like the description of like democratizing the, this arbitrage opportunity, um, amongst vault holders and, and effectively the, as the protocol profits, uh, with, with this permissioned, uh, stability mechanism, all that profit gets sent to shade stakers. So, um, it's not like the, there's this asymmetry of profit, uh, all borrowers at all times can, perform this uh, or take advantage of this arbitrage mechanism. Um, and so kind of like you said, the, the lack of appetite on borrowers position effectively, um, you know, kind of, kind of necessitated the use of uh, this permission stability mechanism and it worked. And it, I think it's really cool too. Cause like one of the, you know, a lot of our mechanism design was inspired by kind of looking at Terra's collapse and saying like, where, where did they go wrong? And one of them is like this type of kind of stability module, there's risks to it when it's completely permissionless, right? Like when you can have a third party actor come in and start leverage these things, like if, if, if anyone could perform redemptions, the, the attack vectors start to open up, but because it's just the protocol, um, it's it, it enters in at very specific conditions and people can trust like, oh, like who has the protocol's best interest in mind? What actor has the protocol's best interest in mind? It's like, well, the protocol itself, there's no other actor that's more aligned with the protocol than the protocol itself. Um, versus like when you make stability mechanisms completely permissionless, you open the doors to different actors with different incentives. So I think it was so awesome to see the redemption mechanism work as effectively and rapidly as it did. And um, Silk hasn't hit Lindy, Lindy effect yet. Like we're six, seven months into the journey, but like every day that ticks by, Silk continues to become more and more battle hardened. And that, and that should be encouraging for everyone involved because when it comes to stable coins, um, track record is everything. 100%. 100%. And, you know, so that's a, I'm glad we started with Shade Lens update because uh, the TLDR of this is Silk is back at peg. Everyone gets to enjoy having a stable coin that's stable. Um, so that's, that's really nice. The next big thing that we can give an update on um, is the um, successful fixing of our API which I know for any power users of the Shade DApps has probably been frustrating as we've had to um, effectively like increase some of our refresh times for pulling new data in, 
Um, so it caused some sluggishness and it's been, you have something to add, Carter? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I mean, essentially the way the story goes is there was a API that was worked on for approximately nine months. Um, a new set of maintainers stepped in and in order for analytics V2 and for these, these next generation dApps to come online, we really have to overhaul the API. So there's a V2, a V2 of the API in progress that's extremely robust, extremely flexible for managing kind of this multi-app paradigm. Um, and in the interim, while we've been building out this kind of V2, V1 ended up uh, breaking, which was, which was very unfortunate. Uh, Austin actually stepped in and converted the entire application from being dependent on this old API to being a pure Web3 solution. So the entire app experience was 100% based off of blockchain queries instead of you know, querying an, an API endpoint. And so this meant that users were experiencing a much worse app experience for roughly roughly a week. I mean, it was, it was very painful. Like I myself, I was trying to make trades. I was trying to do this. I was trying to do that. But the alternative was the app being entirely down. So very heroic by Austin to get that fixed. And now we've resolved the issues with this, the V1 API and we're back up and running and pointing at that, that old API. And the new API, which is going to be significantly stronger and is, is really setting the groundwork for the next two, three years of, of front-end work and user experience, um, that's set to be ready to go and go live sometime in the next like five to seven weeks, I think. So um, yeah. It, it's a story of a, of a loss turned back into a win. And these are things that like folks shouldn't have to worry about. Oh, the app feels sluggish. It feels this, it feels that. Like we, we obviously want a perfect user experience, but it's, it is a small story uh, to share that the team is resilient and, and, and we fix things, I guess, which is some, some sort of a win. It, our preferred end game is we don't have to fix things. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, and also another positive point for being able to get the, the V1 of the API um, operating normally is, you know, we can begin reasonably adding um, new pools and new vaults as we see fit. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of activity and uh, attention that we want to be able to capture with some of our upcoming initiatives that are going to be obviously tied into the addition of new pools and new vaults um, on ShadeSwap and ShadeBlend. So really excited to to see sort of the, the floodgates be ready to be opened again. For sure. And should we, should we tease some other, some other grant updates? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wanted to do that. Um, the only other thing that um, really wanted to touch on as far as like D app updates was just, um, was just that, you know, with, I think you actually already touched on it with the, uh, with the recent work from Axelar. Um, we're kind of unblocked from being able to keep pushing forward with the bridge V2, which is going to be super big part of um, improving the user experience for Ethereum users coming over to private DeFi on secret network. And it's going to be really influential and, and pertinent for um, any of our upcoming liquidity and marketing campaigns towards Ethereum users. So I mean, the bridging experience is going to be legitimately like 10x better than the current shade bridge experience. Current shade bridge experience is like, oh, I watched some pulsating green blobs for 20 minutes with like no additional metadata about what's going on to like v2 of the bridge is like oh i see the six steps i see the block confirmations on each step i have a link to each block explorer if i want to for each of the steps 
Um, and I'm getting auto seeded with secret when I bridge in stuff from Ethereum. Like just so much better. I, I can't wait to, to to see it in production. Oh yeah, some of the. I think there's at least what? any any Shade Spartans have gotten a little bit of the tease of what that uh, UI is going to look like, and it is, to say the least, very nice. Um, but I'll <laughs> I'll leave it there. Hopefully, we'll be able to get the green light to share some uh, some teasers to the public soon. But yeah, Carter, let's let's dive into some grant progress updates. Uh, we've got three full-blown grant uh, projects under development and one that is about to step into the full-blown development phase. Are there any in particular you want to kick it off with? Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the the one that actually hasn't happened yet, but we're working on it. So no, no promises on this one, but um, we are currently looking into getting a DowDow deployment on Secret Network. Um, initially, there was some problems due to the privacy features of Secret Network integrating with the V1 of DowDow. Um, we helped identify a team that would be able to work with the DowDow team to make DowDow compatible on Secret Network. Um, and it looks like we're, we're, we're still coming to like final consensus across the team, still, still like not 100% locked in, but like I'm like really, really excited. I've had some great calls with their team. I think the DowDow team is is awesome. Um, I think they're probably the most like optimistic and grounded builders I've met in the bear market so far. Just like super nice people. They believe in their mission. Um, so that will be an amazing win if Seeker Network collectively can have DAOs and sub-DAOs and all of that tooling. And it's something the shade community really wants as governance. So just wanted to give an update that we're fighting tooth and nail to try to get that deal locked in in a way where everyone's happy on all sides. And hopefully a couple of weeks from now, we'll be able to announce that things are 100% um, locked in and, and rolling. Yep. And uh, I think it's important to kind of emphasize, you know, if everything uh goes as planned like this would be a huge win for both shade and the secret network community um as a whole like this is by no means just something that shade is going to benefit from obviously we're super excited about being able to provide um you know governance like real decentralized governance but this is something that everyone in the secret network any community any group of builders any d apps uh, will be able to leverage so really really excited about the prospect of this um I think one of the the next easiest one that we can touch on, and and we're going to be doing a a Twitter Spaces with this um, with this grant team next week. We got that locked in, um, but we can give some updates on our Fina integration. It is uh, this this is probably one of my one of my favorites, just because it's a utility that's being unlocked for Silk. That's so far been really hard to unlock for stable coins. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to partner with Fina uh, to be able to unlock this utility for Silk. If anyone hasn't seen any of the uh, recent announcements from Shade Protocol Twitter or from Fina's Twitter, um, we recently gave some teases of uh, of this new Silk integration where Silk is going to be a supported asset uh, on the Fina card whenever that gets uh, fully launched. I know they recently uh, closed down their beta program as they get ready to launch their full-blown um, 
production uh, program, but this is going to be a really, really cool um, piece of utility that is going to be unlocked. And it's, it's absolutely essential for any sort of stable coin that wants to say that it, it functions as um, money, right? You need to be able to spend your stable coins in real life for it to actually capture, like to, to be able to perform the key services that money are supposed to, is supposed to be able to provide. So really, really cool. Uh, it's going to be a really, really cool utility unlocked. And I'm personally really excited. I had their card uh, during their beta program and I was able to spend things other than silk. And I was just like chomping at the bit waiting uh, for silk to be added. And so really excited for that. And I don't think we've teased some of the additional utility that's coming, but you go for it, man. Just give it some dramatic pause let's, here. Let's, give, let's, give it, let's give it straight, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, just wanted to build that momentum before I actually said anything. No, um, another part of this integration is going to be allowing – Shade users and Silk users to manage this uh, spendability of Silk on the Fina card all from the Shade D app. So whether you're on desktop or on mobile, you'll be able to manage, top up uh, your Silk balances on your card um, from anywhere pretty much in the world and be able to spend Silk pretty much anywhere in the world. So this is, it's, it's going to be a very, very cool utility that's going to be unlocked over the course of the I don't know if we've given a, a I, I estimate. Think, like, it's going to be very soon. I, I I think this pipeline is absolutely insane. Like I don't I don't know if this pipeline exists in too many other places yet. Like we, we got to be one of the first. But you're going to be able to lock up secret, mint out silk, load it up on a debit card, and go and spend it. It's like what? That is crazy. You're like we're bridging DeFi yield, DeFi products, DeFi user experiences directly into actual real world usability this is what it means to build the future of finance and i i think people are sleeping on people are sleeping on shade because in, in q1 of 2024 when suddenly there's a debit card tab on the shade app when there's a money market tab what's up sorry that sleep slipped out again um like it's 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 gonna be so cool yeah and i like what you pointed out about you know the incorporating yield into this uh, utility like imagine being able to generate yield from lending out uh, assets on a money market or LPing and collecting rewards being able to convert that into silk top up your debit card and be like all right cool dinner uh, dinner's on me tonight guys because uh, getting those juicy yields uh, no it's it the your imagination can kind of run wild what this unlocks for like uh, usability and kind of integrating the idea of silk into um you know kind of the real world because the whole idea behind silk is this um you know preservation of purchasing power kind of being this hedge against global volatility and so being able to do that with this asset you want to hold and also spend is, is just such a powerful combination of um value propositions and i mean like our kind of shades new kind of mission statement we're headed towards is we believe every human should have private access to a globally accessible decentralized bank in the palm of their hands, right? Like I, I think in 10 years, you're going to have like your, your phone and you won't use a bank saving account. 
the, like the, the idea of these kind of traditional trad fi savings accounts, like they, they step in the middle, they extract yield from you versus like DeFi protocols are connecting people directly to each other with, with, with minimal friction and minimal extraction in the middle. So that's the end game is you have shade on your phone, you have your savings account, you have your debit card, you have a bank in the palm of your hand, but the difference is it's censorship resistant, it's decentralized, you own your assets, like you truly own your assets. It's not some human counterparty that can seize or freeze any of those things. It's, and, and it's private. Not, not only do you have this unstoppable decentralized bank in the palm of your hands, your transactions, your, your DeFi activity, your metadata is protected. It is yours. You own it. That is the late game we're headed towards. Yeah, I, I was going to save this for the end quarter, but we, we could definitely take a moment here to just be super appreciative of the environment we're building in. Like our ability to build composable, interconnected DApps that leverage privacy preserving contracts to provide this sort of unparalleled utility um, and, and financial experience that isn't available elsewhere. Um, I just hope this isn't lost on people because I know it's not lost on us because we <laughs> we see how difficult and frustrating it can be. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I this kind of this train of thought was kind of inspired by I was doing some background research on encryption, um, like the history of encryption and its use, uh, I guess, by the general public, and it's. It was pretty wild to see the fight that uh, a lot of governments put up against uh, the use of encryption and to to be where we're at today, where we're effectively building these solutions that leverage, you know, this uh, this encryption technology to be able to provide secure and secure and, and um, apps that are secure and prevent the uh, extraction of value. Um, from data it is absolutely wild to me and it's something that kind of makes me excited every day i log on and and continue working well yeah i mean and the opportunity here is just is crazy i mean like 10 years ago if you wanted to build a financial application like good luck like you, you the the amount of money and capital and red tape to even whisper this type of vision out loud back in the day was was just simply impossible and so what we're talking about here is, I, I think Shade is a year to two years out from in the palm of your hand, having every single key DeFi primitive, having commerce directly integrated from your phone, having crypto transient between the grocery store, your money markets, your decentralized exchange, all of it. And I think that's a beautiful vision and and the the only frustrating part is we're we're living we're living in the future, right? And that's but that's that's what it means to have a vision, right? We we see there there's what is right now, and there's what crypto and decentralized finance can be, and our our roadmap and our north star is crystal clear, and now it's it's on us to continue to tell the story and ship the products to go to go make that vision a reality. And speaking of products that will help bring this vision into reality, we can also give a slight tease and update on uh, one of our newest uh, grant projects that's now uh, in full development swing, and that is the the money market that Carter was hinting at earlier. Um, 
progress is coming along really, really well. Uh, once they get past a certain point in uh, development, we'll be able to share a little bit more information about the um, sort of the how the money market is going to work. Um, be able to start giving some better information on like estimated timelines. But this is something that internally watching development, um, it's going really, really well. Uh, we really enjoy working with this uh, development team. They're incredibly talented. And so we're thinking that uh, this this functionality will probably be available sooner than we were originally expecting. Yeah, no, I mean, they're they're absolutely cruising along. And the beauty of a money market tied to Shade Protocol is that just like with Shade Lem, where you can lock up collateral mint out silk and the world doesn't know your liquidation price point. Um, it's going to be the same thing with with the money market, where people are going to be lending and borrowing crypto, and this this leverage in the system, you're you're protected. You're, you're you are protected from from the prying eyes that want to know how they can move the market to try to liquidate you. Um, I know I know the Osmo like Osmo Umi situation is like pretty controversial, right? Like there's there's some someone out there that's deposited a bunch of Osmo borrowed USDC. Everyone knows where their liquidation price point. People are tracking them as they add collateral. Um, let's zoom out for a second. Put yourself in that person's shoes. Like for, forget about kind of like the, the ethics or morality, any sort of judgment on like the decision to borrow that much. Okay. Think about that. The whole world is watching your financial movements. The whole world is tweeting about your financial decisions. Like that is crazy. That is Picture when, when governments start to enter into that game, right? Right now as retail people, we can, we, can, we can watch it on chain and be like, ah, like a curse be upon thee, right? But like by that same token, anyone out there can do the, do the same thing. And so I think, I think what people lose track of is it's, it's really a, I call it toxic transparency. Like there is good transparency, but when it's transparency that potentially damages an individual and like impacts their life and their ability to traverse an open source decentralized financial ecosystem. I think that's something we have to fiercely protect because the same thing that institutions want, we, we want those same encryption protections also for the smallest of financial individuals. And so I guess like, I just want to pump the brakes on the, the pitchforks and think about like, the ramifications of totally transparent DeFi five, 10 years from now when it's, when it's not just Cosmos crypto Twitter breaking out the pitchforks about an individual, but when it's, when it's governments, right? Are we so sure that that is what we want for, for decentralized finance and, and, and for individual sovereignty and protections? And for Shape Protocol, the answer is a firm no. We, we believe in private DeFi. We believe that, you should, that your financial decisions should be protected. Yeah, and to add on to that, this is gonna the money market also provides um, unique utility where individuals can effectively come in with an asset and and utilize that asset in a sort of a single sided in quotes manner, uh, where they just want to bring their asset in, they want to lend it out, they don't want um, any of that financial data being leaked to the general public or available to the general public. They don't need to necessarily, or they they might not want to provide liquidity, or they might not want to take out a borrow position against that uh, collateral. They just want to, you know, lend it and let other people use it. So this is going to be a really nice, um, you know, addition to the utility that individuals can find uh, when they're trying to earn yield or, or do something with their crypto assets when they come into private DeFi. 
and it's also going to be a huge source of value for for silk um it kind of it kind of completes completes the circle where um you'll be able to like right now you can lock up other collateral to mint out silk and this kind of closes the loop because now you'll be able to lock up silk and borrow another asset so now we have this full like right now we're like halfway through the loop and the money market completes the loop of of utility and it. it's 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 going to open up so many doors for financial financial expression so could not be more excited about money market i think it's besides besides perps and besides kind of the the commerce vision that we have it, i think it's probably one of three to four key pieces of the puzzle that are that are missing to get to that shade late game that we were talking about before 100% and the last uh, the last update we'll give on existing grant projects is just on the liquidity order book um that has been in full swing development for probably a month and a half two months now um really really great uh progress on this i believe we're mostly into uh testing phase there's been some really interesting novel functionalities <clears throat> that have been added to the liquidity order book that improves upon the existing trader joe model uh which um, not really in a place to <laughs> elaborate on that right now, uh, but we're really excited to be able to share this stuff with you guys soon. Um, really looking forward to the liquidity order book. Is this going to be able to provide much better trading experience for volatile assets? And it's also going to be a great way for the protocol to reduce um, overall emissions for constant product pools. So it's going to be a win-win for both the protocol and traders and liquidity providers. So really excited to see that continuing uh, develop. I think the the last thing we wanted to touch on in this last 15 minutes we've got is just some of our upcoming strategic initiatives. And there's, there's really just two big ones right now. Um, just two. Uh, <laughs> don't mean to downplay the, the, the intensity of these two uh, upcoming strategic campaigns. Um, but outside of these, you know, we're continually working with strategic partners. Obviously, we mentioned um, we are integrating with FINA. We're constantly working with them, working with the composable finance team to be able to, uh, you know, expand the reach of private DeFi to the Dot Summit ecosystem um, and those assets, uh, their utility within private DeFi and Secret Network. Um, working with the OHO team, working with Skip, working with a few other strategic partners to be able to kind of expand this. Uh, utility and ease of access for um, shades, silk, stake secret, um, and then just general functionality uh, for the private DeFi apps within Shade Protocol Suite. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop here, Carter. I'll let you hop in for a minute. Oh, yeah, another one I'd specifically mention is Osmosis. Um, yeah, just despite the, how shall I say this? Um, rampant crypto Twitter fear about Osmosis. Um, it is the largest Cosmos trading venue. It has many users. It has many folks building on top of it. So yes, it is scary to see liquidity getting sucked out of the ecosystem, but we still view Osmosis as like an, an incredibly important um, player. Like it's really important in terms of accessibility for new users into the Cosmos. And so um, that being said, we are going to be expanding um, liquidity onto osmosis. We've been waiting for concentrated liquidity to go live. Uh, so we will be targeting a shade USDT pool, a silk USDT pool, and we're going to be bringing incentives to help those 
go live, we'll be targeting somewhere between 50 to 100K in liquidity. Um, this should help the onboarding of, of new users that don't want to mess with Seeker Network, but want to be able to, you know, hold Silk or hold Shade without without going to the Shade app. And, and we think Osmosis is a great, great place to do that. It's also important on the Oracle front. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like things like OHO uh, that are reliant on Osmosis liquidity as their source of truth. And so by getting things into a, a good place there, and we're, we're also on Kajira as well, we hopefully will be able to get Silk and Shade added to some of these key oracles, which should allow these assets to percolate and permeate across other Cosmos DeFi apps. Yeah, and the, the asset in particular that I think of the most, even though it's probably not the most thought of asset um, by, by people that when they think about uh, Secret Network or Shade, but like it still blows my mind that Stake Secret has seen the level of adoption it has without leaving the Secret Network. Like you think about, obviously, Stake Secret's been around longer than ST Atom has been around, um, but just looking at the percent of uh, stake layer one asset that is staked through liquid staking derivatives, it is. It is still wild to me that Stake Secret has seen the level of adoption it has all within its native ecosystem, uh, which is both encouraging from like, you know, just seeing people want to use this type of product, but also I'm just imagining that springboard effect once that this is kind of released into the greater Cosmos ecosystem. Well, yeah, 5.7% of all bonded secret is in the form of stake secret versus ST Atom, I think, makes up like 2.6% of all Atom. And Secret Network does not have a um, exit liquidity module. I, I, sorry, I meant liquid staking module. Um, so you have to like unbond, wait the 21 days, and then deposit in the stake secret. And we've seen that. We've seen whales slowly but surely do that. So um, Secret Network is ahead of every other Cosmos chain, barring maybe Crescent, but they kind of made their default staking liquid staking, so I don't really count them in this equation, so apologies if they listen and disagree. Um, I, I think Stake Secret's the most adopted layer one Cosmos staking derivative, or, or very close, very, very close by bonded percentage. Yeah, I think there might be ones that, that are close to it over on Luna as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's pretty wild to see. Uh, okay. So got eight minutes left. We've got one strategic campaign to discuss and then we'll close this bad boy out. And we can do AMA too. If anyone has any questions as well, we got Patrick here too. I'm sure he's been on mute this whole time, just dying to ask questions. So we, we can always pass it over to him too. That is true. Definitely want to add a few minutes at the end for anybody to ask questions. Um, but the, the strategic campaign that we're most excited about right now is going to be the Shade Secret Ethereum liquidity campaign that we're going to be launching in the near future. There were a few roadblocks um, that we had previously mentioned, um, such as the um, you know, Axlar support being the Axlar API support for Secret Network allowing us to be able to provide this visibility and generally improved UX for uh, anyone using the Ethereum bridge on the Shade Protocol app. Um, 
but what we're what we're really trying to do is bring in a lot of this new liquidity for wrapped ST ETH and wrapped ETH in particular. Those are the ETH assets that we're most interested in. Um, onboarding those into Shade Swap and Shade Lend, and this, from our perspective, makes a lot of sense for a variety of reasons. One, our interest in wrapped ST ETH. Um, as an asset to onboard onto ShadeSwap and ShadeLend makes a lot of sense from just an efficiency standpoint. The same reason that we prioritize liquid staking derivative pairs on ShadeSwap, and the same reason that we prioritize liquid staking derivatives on ShadeLend is because they represent a more efficient way for users to be able to use their assets. Um, you know, the, the opportunity cost for users to forgo staking a layer one asset and instead using it in DeFi. Um, is a lot higher than someone who is, um, you know, liquid staking their layer one assets, and then they also are able to earn additional yield on that. So from that perspective, wrapped ST ETH represents one of the best opportunities to onboard ETH liquidity into private DeFi. Um, you know, not to mention all of the all of the value propositions that privacy preserving smart contracts provide provide for Ethereum users, like people who still want to hold their ETH or wrapped ST ETH. Um, you know the ability for users to borrow against this and borrow a private by default stablecoin while still being able to earn that staking derivative yield on their ETH. Um, you know is a really powerful um, position for individuals that want to be able to leverage their assets in a more, um, let's say, secure manner. And so, and, and th there's a whole bunch of other reasons that I can get into in a moment. But I'll stop here, Carter. If you want to mention any of the other reasons we're excited about. Um, wrapped ST uh, utility within uh, our major applications. Oh, I, I think there's a whole other Twitter space we need to do where we kind of put Cosmos bridges and the long-term bridging landscape on trial because we have like a very specific philosophy and thesis on the risk that's being introduced with this multi-bridge, alloyed assets, canonical assets. Like there's there's a whole debate to be had. Um, but I guess in summary, I'm very excited about being very focused on one specific version of the bridged asset as opposed to trying to do, you know, three to four different versions of a bridged asset. Um, I think there's a lot of controversy ahead of Cosmos as it kind of navigates some of these questions. And I'm, I'm honestly like, this is, the, it's, it's as a topic. I'm more excited to talk about it than maybe anything since like when I was this excited about maybe staking derivatives back in 2022 before they were all the rage. I think it was like the September timeframe. So I, I like to front run a lot of the controversial, interesting topics. And I, and I think this is like an underrated, important conversation that I hope Shade can help lead the dialogue, call out the risks, and then make our like philosophical stance and our reasoning behind our framework like very clear. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that, especially on the topic of you know risk assessments for assets we want to support. Um, I mean, I think the the easiest uh, uh, situation where it makes most sense for us to to consider these bridged assets is um, with Shade Lend, right? If there's something to happen with the asset uh, that's being used to collateralize, um, you know, the silk that's minted that represents a really or a potentially tumultuous scenario where 
we're now actually concerned about the solvency of the stablecoin rather than um, you know just trying to defend the market price. And that's kind of where the distinction between the stability mechanism we were talking about earlier and a stability mechanism, which I don't know if you can consider like a risk assessment framework a stability mechanism, but it definitely contributes to uh, the overall stability uh, of your product. Um, well, we got Zamplin on the call. That's exciting. What's up, Jack? He caught the he caught the tail end of the Twitter space. But yeah, there's also a whole bunch of other reasons we're really excited about um, being able to bring wrapped ST. It's going to be better for the protocol because the protocol um, needs to spend less uh, in LP emissions to be able to attract uh, equivalent amounts of liquidity. Provides better opportunities for users to be able to swap in and out of um, these these various assets that they want. And one of the beautiful parts of the way Shade Swap, uh, the the pairing has been kind of set up from the inception, is that all of these liquid staking derivatives have a pair with Silk, and so this through Silk routing, this wrapped STETH uh, will be able to be swapped with effectively any asset on Shade Swap, uh, which allows for again the protocol to reduce emissions um, to attract you know similar amounts of LTV. Or sorry, TVL. I get those mixed up yep. so often. <laughs> My man, yeah, it was. A, it was a. We covered a lot of ground today, man. That was that was a lot in in fifty nine minutes. But we definitely love to open it up for for questions to the community. Um, Jack would also love to get you up here if you have any any questions or want to give this little micro community here any updates on what you're working on. If not, totally understand. Patrick, you as well. I know you're up here. If you have any questions. Happy to answer. I don't think I have any questions right now, but I appreciate all the work you guys are doing. I just want to say, you know, Secret Network is lucky to have you guys. Jade is a powerhouse. Appreciate that, Patrick. And it's um. Oh. Let me see if I can see the captions here. I'm trying to join from desktop. Oh, we can hear you. We hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> oh, oh, I can finally hear you guys. Great. Well, this is my first time joining a Twitter Spaces from desktop, so thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, well we're, first, we're all about first. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying earlier, Jack, I used to have an Android, and I, and I bought an Apple phone. Oh, this is super Twitter delayed. Space. I should have waited. Well, anyway, I, I waited. just wanted to sort of <laughs> jump on and uh, hear what you guys have going on over at Shade and really stoked for it. It was good to see a bunch of folks at Cosmoverse. And uh, yeah, would, uh, would, love to, would love to learn a little bit more sometime soon. Carter, you and I should catch up. It's been a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hop on a call. I'll, send, I'll, I'll DM you right after this. I'll give you like the 45 second fire sp speed round of what we have in pro progress. Um, we have a money market in route which is a super cool, super cool story. Um, we have debit cards coming to the, to the app, so you'll be able to use Silk in Europe through a card, which will be super cool, and you'll be able to fully manage your prepaid debit card within the Shade app. Uh, we have liquidity order book uh, in route. Um, we have, we're working on talking with the, getting, getting Dowdow on Seeker Network, which has been like really interesting just because there's obviously extra 
friction tied to, to privacy, but we pulled together another secret network team to help with the, the refactor to make sure we can get at least a V1 of DowDow on secret, which I think is going to be huge for the NFT community, for the Shade DeFi community. Um, we talked about a Silk stability mechanism that worked super well because Silk was under peg. It brought it back to peg. That's always like awesome to see mechanism design work as uh, as intended, we have an Ethereum bridge v2 coming. We've we were directly integrated into like Axelar's API. They had to fix some things on their end, but now instead of like oh blind twenty minute transfer, now you're actually going to see like the five steps laid out with block confirmations on each step and like a transaction explorer link for each step. So like we we believe like onboarding ETH folks and making that as smooth as possible is a huge huge deal, and we're also introducing auto seeding so when an eth whale comes in like they're automatically gonna have secret in their wallet or else they or else they might bridge in and be like what the frick is secret and like how do i get it i'm, I'm like stuck on an island so that's the speed round update yep and the i guess to to kind of kick off what this uh you know, or i guess to connect the the ux improvements that we're making right now for the eth bridging experience like a big part of the foundation that was laid for this was being able to support metamask as well so um now users are going to be able to use their familiar wallet, bridge onto the app, have sort of this best-in-class bridging experience, bridging their ETH in, um, and then also have their wallets be able to be seeded with secrets so they can immediately hop into private DeFi. So the the user story is going to be uh, complete. And that's not to say UX can't be improved. UX is always going to be able to be improved, but we'll, we'll be in a much better spot than we've been, or, or really any Cosmos DApp has been um, to date. That's a really cool update. Um, Carter, we've got one other person that's requested. Uh, if you're cool, bring him up. Yeah, let's do it. And yeah, Jack, feel free to chuck me a DM. I, I will right after the space and would love to hear how things are going from your end. Hey, hey guys, how are you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Um, very, very well, thank you. Um, so look, I've been a longtime Shade fan. Um, I think I was in Austin, Texas at the consensus when you guys launched Silk um, two years ago, maybe, um, and, and always been a big fan. Um, I haven't been following as closely as I probably should have been the last like eight months, nine months. And a lot of the stuff with the Secret Foundation did kind of put me off. I'm not going to lie. Um, I wanted to find out what your opinions are on 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 how ZK technology changes and, and applications which have been making kind of leaps and strides. How does that put your product into perspective with what others are doing purely from a ZK ZK kind of view on um you know, I put in the in the messages like this other project ZK link. Um there's a whole couple of other kind of people building other stuff what's your what's your perspective on it like do you see zk as a threat is it something that you guys would be incorporating um just getting your ideas on that would be great so that's a great question i i this is the this is the late game i envision i i believe one day like you know two to five years from now there's going to be multiple different privacy solutions and these blockchains will be able to export their version of private compute. So you'll have 
your MPC chain, you'll have your trusted execution environment chain, you'll have your fully homomorphic encryption chain, you'll have your ZK chain. And at the end of the day, like each one of these private compute technologies have have various various trade-offs as it pertains to you know security, security the ISO is like the tr- the trust assumptions ultimately that are implicit within all these different technologies. And each one of them will, you know, claim their trust assumption is safer than others. And that's probably true. Um, and there's also, you know, performance gaps between all of them. And so the, the way I think about our positioning is like privacy should be and will be a commodity one day, right? Like it's, it's not like secret, <laughs> secret network has some perpetual permanent moat in claim that it has the best private compute and will in the perpetuity, right? So the real moat that Seeger Network has is really this window where we're able to prove out the consumer applications and the actual utility of privacy before anyone else, right? Seeger Network has a two to three year head start on this. I, there is, there is, the like K protocol is the most mature encrypted smart contract DeFi suite in all of crypto right now by like a good margin. And that's because of the first mover advantage with trust execution environments. And of like, of course, of course, there's trade-offs tied to that. Now, the good news is that the Seeger Network leadership, you know, has continued to evolve. We have Lee at the Seeker Foundation now. Uh, we have Alex Zadelson now leading um, Secret, Secret Labs. And we also have Guy Ziskind, who is now a double founder, who is a part of uh, uh, Phoenix, which is the FHE initiative tied to EVM chains, right? So we, we have a lot of thought leadership within Seeker Network that understands that trusted execution environments are great. But we need to position ourselves in relation to a growing number of private compute blockchains. And the ideal end game is, is we're, we're all kind of exporting this private compute to each other. So we're not, I wouldn't view ZKs as a threat by any mean. I, I view ZKs, FHE, MPC, I view these as inevitable um, and as good things, as, as, as welcome uh, additions to the world of HTTPS for blockchain, that, that is, we, we have to get there. That, that's required. We need to protect consumers. We need to protect businesses. We need to protect institutions. Um, and toxic transparency as a problem has only become more and more evident and, and clear as more and more value comes on chain, which means the opportunity for more extraction continues to grow. So um, yeah, Shade is excited to have a first mover advantage we, I, my prediction is Shade will become the de facto privacy, privacy preserving liquidity hub in DeFi. Um, and there will, the, the, the battle of better and better privacy technology, that goes on forever. That's, that's like a never ending game of, you know, red team versus blue team. So for us, instead of being overly focused on what has the best privacy technology, we've always been focused on how can we serve end consumers and, and which which chain has the thought leadership and engineering skills to continue to push the envelope and not get stuck? Um, and, you know, there has been questions about Seeger Network's ability to do that. But I think with the recent leadership changes, um, I, I have a high level of conviction that that Seeker Network is in, is in a great place. And we will continue to integrate other privacy solutions as time goes on. And we are not best served trying to claim that we have the best private compute. Our best end game as a network is to serve end consumers. That that is how you win. Okay, cool. I mean, that's a pretty decent answer. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the question. Right. I don't see anyone else who's requested, so I think we can wrap the Twitter space up. 
Uh, just want to say thank you to everyone who joined in to listen, who stuck it through all the way to the end, even for anybody who is listening to this, um, you know, after we close this space, really appreciate everyone putting time and energy into this ecosystem and following us kind of along this journey as we continue to push boundaries. Um, as always, to stay up to date with everything we've got going, make sure to follow the Shade, uh, Shade Protocol Twitter. If you want to follow sort of updates on the bleeding edge, make sure you uh, check out our forums, which is forum.shadeprotocol.io. Um, and for anyone who wants to learn any more about the dApps in a more detailed fashion, uh, learn more about the mechanisms that these dApps use to be able to provide the utility they do, definitely check out our protocol docs. You can find that at docs.shadeprotocol.io. Um, and again, thank you everyone for joining us here today. Really enjoyed this space. Thank you to all of our guests who came up and asked questions and hope you all have a great rest of the day. We'll see you all later. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living southern friendship bracelets Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear Flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting nottas And then to end a long day Eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic I was born to frolic It's been my policy To pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists Jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity Before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo the world is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hot like the shit is play for keeps clowns white knight and all these maybelines they call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats tearing apart your community all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity got a planet in reach coming standard to each i'm on the back 10 stargazing after the siege commanding all the management to grab a few seats and then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east y'all better sign a release when i'm bumping these beats hands up if i got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served